Welcome to another charming episode of the Pop Culture Crunch Podcast on the MPWO Network. I'm Nick, and joined by... Jerry. And Jonathan. Who is our guest this week. How are you tonight, boys? Good. Pretty good? Pretty solid. Pretty solid? No complaints. No. <laughs> yeah, you were a little frantic earlier. Had to drive through a um, mini flood to get over here. Yeah. Uh, I calmed down. I was watching Little Fantastic Four. Terrible. The reboot. Yeah. But so and you finished the the scotch I gave you within a minute. Well, you know, you're supposed to like, you know, ease into that. <laughs> you yeah. just took it as a shot. Um Yeah, I'm I don't have a lot of experience with top shelf, so I'm used to just getting a past your, past your tongue. <laughs> well, welcome back. Jonathan. <laughs> welcome back. Um and we could talk briefly about what we're drinking. You're drinking Corona. Corona. <laughs> the what? classic. Why'd you bring that over? I didn't. <laughs> oh, you, you took that from my fridge. Oh, I'm drinking Coors Light then. Oh, like I usually do. <laughs> um, okay. I so find it. I find what? it fascinating, by the way, that you have like a pretty nice selection of beer, and you're still going with the. The Coors. You do realize, I was coming off of an IPA. I can't go IPA Corona. It just doesn't sound very good. There's a, there's a method out, to it, I guess. I had to come down a little bit and then work my way up a little bit to the Corona and <laughs> the way that it is. Um, plus, it's not really hot enough. We're not outside recording. We haven't it done is, an op- outside episode yet, right, Jerry? Plenty hot. No, we haven't. No, no outside episode yet, which is really strange because... Would do. Buy me back for that one. That'd be good. Yeah, I'll make sure we'll do it in the middle of the day tomorrow. <laughs> like around 100 degrees. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be. Sorry, uh. <laughs> this is drowning. It's apparent, apparent because I don't have a beer, I get the pass on this. I am drinking Fiji water. Fiji water? That's not replenished water, it's actual Fiji water. It's more top shelf. Top shelf water. Might as well be, of course. True. True. You can get, um,. No, I, no, you can't. Um, Suicide Squad opens up tonight, technically. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. Actually, there are people watching it as we are potting. As we are potting. As we are And that's okay. Potting a verb now? No. <laughs> well, we made it one. Okay. It's trending. Hashtag potting. Potting. Um, but no, there's, there's kind of a mixed reaction online about the movie. Um, most of it, I would say that I've seen, seen this negative, but the positive I see, like, really like the movie. Like, they'll like it a lot. Or there'll be people that just, like, most people end up hating it, but people that do like it, they're like, way to go, DC. Like, you really knocked it out of the park. But everyone else is like, mm-mm. I hear tonal problems. Um, just a really 
up and down movie the entire time. Pacing like, problems. Pacing problems. But I, I think a lot of this stemmed from the fact that uh, Warner Brothers was reacting to Batman v Superman. So they trying to make it lighter and try to do this reshoot. And David Ayer, the director, had a darker movie in, you know, yeah. in stone. And they're like, hey, change this. And they're like, well, dude, we only have like two and a half months before the movie comes out. You want us to change this and do reshoots? They that didn't was do reshoots. The, yeah, the reshoots were about I mean, that, I feel like. They did the test screenings, and then the audience was like, we like the ones with all the pop music and the lighter the lighter <laughs> one. Guardians right. of the Galaxy. Yeah, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I will still see it. I will still, I'm still very hopeful for the movie. I will go with an open mind as much as possible. But um, I don't know. What do you think? If this movie's bad, what is DC going to do now with their movie universe? Uh, I think you should just stop and you need to reevaluate. Can you make a perfect comic book superhero movie? Are you going to say, I'll put you on the spot, are you going to say, yeah, Please. Marvel's already done it? Are you going to say that? They're the closest to doing it. I, I think. I mean, I, I feel. I mean, if we talk about what's your favorite Marvel movie, and we'll also include the Spider-Man movies because they're under the comic book yeah. umbrella. There, the best movie is probably is a, a Marvel character, and I would I'd have to say Spider-Man Two yeah. or Captain America Two or or both very strong contenders. And I'm not saying they're perfect movies, but I think that they're 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 way better than what DC has had to offer so far, at least in the last twenty years. Was it? Uh... No, is, it, is yeah. it the consensus that after we have talked about these movies that uh, the Batman vs. Superman was too dark? I feel um, like that um, that movie is just all over the board. And, and exactly. A lot of the, the backlash I've seen for Suicide Squad right now seems almost like a repeat of that. Um, I'm still really excited to see Suicide Squad. I understand that they probably had some trouble balancing the tone between the standard dark DC. I feel like DC in general needs to stop making things so dark. You know, Batman doesn't necessarily, that atmosphere doesn't necessarily apply to everything they do, but I feel like that's just in general the direction they've been going in to try to maybe separate themselves from Marvel. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into those trailers a little later, but um, I I still really want to see Suicide Squad. I just feel like um, it probably is going to suffer from the same stuff that held Batman vs. Superman back. Well, the, the saving grace of DC, at least in my opinion, is that they're not... All their movies are going to be by different directors. Right now, the problem is though, when DC is going to come in and say, Hey, you need to do reshoots to appease the audience, like you're kind of losing that whole reason why you're doing this to begin with, like having a complete creative control with the director and mm -hmm. David Ayer or um, Patty Jenkins, who's doing Wonder Woman, or um, I mean, even Zack Snyder. I mean, even <laughs> his movie, his Batman v Superman movie was tainted when you, I mean, when you have 30 minutes of your movie being cut out, I mean, how is that not? I mean, I know that... Honestly, Did you rewatch those 30 minutes yet? I put in the wrong disc. <laughs> no, I, yeah, um, you said that last time. We I, haven't, together I haven't watched, I I haven't watched the Ultimate Edition yet. It's slightly better, but um, in general, that uh, movie, is kind, it just kind of drags. I, I feel like that's something... It's a very Zack Snyder movie, actually. Um, I think they're up against a huge, massive wall that it's going to take years to break mm -hmm. down and... 
and where I'm coming from that statement is that I think there's just there's too much uh, voices out there trying to dictate where a movie should go that you have no involvement in. Are you involved with shooting Batman vs Superman? No. Mm-hmm. Are you involved with how Suicide Squad should go? No. But you feel like you have the absolute right to say, like, if you were pit as, like, you know, a cast audience preview person, like, oh, I don't like... It's it kind of like these screenings that warrant reshoots, I really I really have a distaste for. Then that's what I was... When we've talked the before... The process, you mean? Yeah, when we've talked okay. before, like, who the hell is the audience that they screen this for and got opinions from that made whoever... I mean, is that how the process goes? Is that we put a couple of scenes together and then we test it in front of, you know, like, what, five or six stu- theaters of people? Or is it just one theater with When, when it comes 30? to a big-budget movie like that with a lot of writing on it, they will do test screenings. That they, but how many are they doing, and what type of demographic do they have? I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure I can find out. But because I, mean, I think our problem with some of the stuff is, at least, and I will say strictly from my point of view, is that you have one. I think that there's a gap in age and gap in what type of reader you are and what type of person are you in regards to the comic book movie versus like the comic book reader are you just strictly like there's some people i talk to that have never read one ounce of a comic book mm-hmm. but are seeing all these films oh yeah they go out of the way to go oh, see yeah. them all I, I have a buddy of mine that does all this marvel movies and has never read a book and it's just kind of it's and that's that big balance is that you got people like myself that want to see more of a comic book adaptation no you're right you're totally right i have to completely agree with you when it comes to marvel movies though it's kind of like fast food mm-hmm. I, I hate to say it like this because you always know what you're going to get a mcdonald's is always going to hamburger is always going to taste like a mcdonald's hamburger you're always going to get the same light fair movie with a couple of jokes and like a couple memorable scenes and then everyone's happy yeah you but let's I mean? let's recall though in okay. previous episodes we have liked marvel but that same flavor and that same taste mm-hmm. ain't hanging out with us much anymore. We trashed the shit out of Age of Ultron. Oh, I yeah. Know. Well, I, I, I did not like it. Okay, so yeah. there's your Big Mac mm-hmm. that had a big old, you know, turd on it. Mm-hmm. And well, no, 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 no. You can't, I, you can't say I, that. I'm generalizing. I'm not saying every movie. I'm think, generalizing because people come to expect with the Marvel brand that will think, I, oh, I really, shared universe, etc. I really do think the biggest problem is you have uh, the most successful character in DC film-wise thus far is Batman. And Batman is never going to be a fast food affair, you know. And I feel like th- the real problem with DC is they're trying to replicate that seriousness and yep, that totally immediacy mm-hmm. um, to franchises that don't, it doesn't necessarily fit. Well, people didn't like the lighter, happier, go lucky Batman films. I mean, oh, no, yeah. the George Clooney crap, <laughs> the Val Kilmer crap. I like no. the Val Kilmer movie. Yeah, I, I like, I like Batman. Batman forever, forever is awesome. <laughs> but, but I mean, so that's, it's almost like in a, in a sense, Batman is held up, uh, 
because of Joel Schumacher's errors and the fact that Warner Brothers didn't step in before it got to the ridiculous... I mean, that's... Batman and Robin is worse than, like, Adam West in a yeah. lot of ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, that is and I think you see it exactly movie. right there is that before then, they didn't step in enough, but now I think they're stepping in too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It's kind of... Just like, let it play out, you Batman know? and Robin is one of those movies that was just made to sell action figures and have, like, well, it, yeah, it was Bell it was on a big pop stuff. swing. I mean, everybody was into a Batman craze. The marketing on it, you put Batman on almost every item at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, all how many, I mean, Alicia Silverstone was in that movie, too. Yeah. It's just kind of like, who didn't want to be in a Batman film? It was just like, okay, we got Hollywood begging yeah. for us mm-hmm. to p- put their guy in our Batman movie. And, and that's even just kind of... Uh, even going back further from Joel Schumacher... Uh, the whole reason Batman Forever existed was because people criticized Batman Returns and Tim Burton as being too dark. And it's almost like we've just kind of gone full circle now and we're back to where that is. Only uh, that vibe isn't just affecting Batman now. It's infecting Man of Steel. <laughs> I, look, look I, I think that we're an instilled audience, though. I think... We, mm-hmm. we, they have had to know that, like, oh, there's going to be those comic book fans out there. They're going to see the movie no matter what. Right. I, we right. would. I, I mean, even let's just. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Our Green Lantern experience. <laughs> I still would have gone, gone to see the movie. It could have been a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes telling you, please yeah. don't go see the movie. I'm like, I can't. I can't not go. I'm a comic book fan. Didn't, I have to see it. Didn't Ryan Reynolds end up telling people not to go to? Basically, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, some of the, maybe the films are going right now with like Batman vs. Superman and now a little bit of tainting on Suicide Squad. It just seems like there's just, I think it's a reflection of the, of the times that we're in. It's just like, You've got to compete with the people who have to Snapchat every 30 mm-hmm. seconds of their life versus the people that have Instagram and all the other social medias and the Pokemon players. It's just it's instant, instant, instant. And that movie, you can't – it seems like they're trying to compete with how do we do a movie that was settled down kind of like the first you know Michael Keaton Batman film. Yeah. That didn't like constantly bang, 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 bang all the way through. I mean, it was just, it was a slow, good ride. That is a, that, that movie's aged remarkably well, too. Um, the thing that was very curious to me when I was following up on the marketing, specifically for Suicide Squad, um, I don't, because I mean, I'm not on social media, but I saw a lot of the posts for it. Um, the marketing for Suicide Squad is kind of trying to do like the, 60s, 70s throwback and old, you know, I think, what what's that song that they had in the back? The the Ballroom Blitz. Yeah. All the colors. Well, yeah. So, so the, in a weird this is, this way. This one of the most like, buzzed about movies of the year. Let's not get that wrong. But I think a singular, a singular artistic vision is what will bring a movie together. Christopher Nolan was very a very Christopher Nolan movie. I think yeah. when they broke away and the, and the studios were like, we need Batman to be this. And he's like, oh, fine, I'll do one more Batman movie. And that was Dark Knight Rises. That's why you had kind of a mixed result with I, that movie. But I, I was just making that point because I feel like the marketing for Suicide Squad is to to placate Cater. the Instagram crowd. Oh, yeah. And then um, I feel like this whole audience is a, about to hit theaters this weekend and 
the rug will be pulled out from under him because I don't feel like the movie's tone is going to match the marketing at all. Well, that's what that's what they're worried about because those trailers were like light and funny, and then mm-hmm. once everyone's like, "Oh, the movie's actually a lot darker," <laughs> it's not going to reflect the trailer. Everyone's going to be like really disappointed. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the Village or Solaris. Like everyone had this preconception yeah. that these are particular genre movies, and they're actually completely different. If you, if you even take like the trailers for Suicide Squad, like they make a, a really big point to highlight all of the the jokey moments. Right. And I feel like they probably showed it all in the trailer. Right. <laughs> if they're trying to make it look a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. with DC rogues, you know. So that's... maybe that's where the Rotten Tomatoes disparity hits is people are going to go into the theater with a total misconception of the the vibe that this movie is actually going to put out. Yeah. Are they expecting like a comedy of sorts, mm-hmm. action comedy, fun, lighter movie, not, not, not to be taken as serious. That's from what I get. I don't know. My my reflection would be just keep Suicide Squad just dirty and gritty. You know. Yeah. Keep yeah. it a almost like a glorious bastard style. You know. I think just, you're kind of raw, a little bit like that. You're probably more likely to enjoy it for that. Um, but I. I feel like well, I haven't read any of the reviews. I I absolutely f- refuse to Good. to uh, bend myself. <laughs> ben likes to read the reviews and, and the spoilers and he'll, the spoilers. He'll, 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 he's like he'll read the spoilers and he'll text us and be like, "This is BS." Blah 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 blah. I shouldn't have read that. Yeah, you know, I'm like, well, I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> likes he likes to tame himself. I I really and for the website too. I wanted to just go in without any. Any reviews? Tell me what they thought. Complete, unbiased, untainted. Yeah. Review. Um, and speaking of movies, I just got done seeing Jason Bourne. Like I posted on the website about it. I liked the movie. The old ladies at my work liked it. It's a good movie, but <laughs> it does nothing to 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 reinvent to to say, hey, this is why we're. we're we're going to keep doing this. It's like, we're just doing this to do this. You know, that's, that's Most that cash cow. It's the cash cow. It's like, where's he been all this time? So fast fighting, furious. I guess fighting in undisclosed locations <laughs> and weird places underground, maybe underground fight clubs. Like, Was no. that the better, uh, uh, comparison? Just another fast furious movie. We got cars. We've got a <laughs> dilemma. We'll just drive until we. We've got a dilemma. Now look, till we out, till we out drive them, I guess. And and look at the story that Fast and Furious is basically hinging on at this point. Family, you guys stick together. It's family. It's like, what is this subplot with like family trying to ground the series? Like all the characters that are involved with The Rock or uh, Tyrese Gibson or whoever the heck is on his entourage. Yeah. And they're all like, "Man, we need to sit together." And well, like, every every year, they got to come up with a new new pickle or a new jam that they got to. Yeah. Was there anything <laughs> like that with this Jason Bourne movie? It, tr- it tries to make it relevant to our times with what we're going through socially, and a lot of post nine eleven stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say Donald Trump was in it. <laughs> no, you know Jason Bourne. I don't like you. You're fired. <laughs> Oh. Why'd you bring back that Hawkeye-looking guy? <laughs> I didn't see that one either. Was that good? <laughs> the Hawkeye born? 
The born oh, Hawkeye. I'm bored. <laughs> the born Hawkeye. They're, are they both? Oh wait, yeah, born legacy. Do they There's even one, acknowledge that in the new one? They don't acknowledge it at all. Oh, it's They're like all the Terminator like, Salvation. It's like Terminator happens. Salvation. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of like, like, they thought that that was the reason why that didn't do well is because, you know, because of the character. I'm like, no, it's what you did with the character and the story is nothing new for the series. Like, here's another basically born with, actually, this guy has superhuman abilities, though. And <laughs> it's stupid. It just mm. defeats the whole purpose of, like, a realistic spy can, can we have a discussion on unnecessary sequels and remakes? Like, I don't, you probably talk about that a lot. I imagine. You know? That's very astute of you. Um, do you have anything on your mind? Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we were just talking about. Uh, I mean, I just saw that amazing Fantastic Four from last year. Um, you did. Uh, you didn't have any sound. <laughs> what, what? I mean, that's the only way you can t- you can actually enjoy it slightly. <laughs> but, uh, the only thing that looked cool from what I saw was thing. Yeah, that looks actually pretty alright. But everything else looked like Doctor Doom. Like, I mean, terrible. that that that, yeah, that movie, that the stories be- behind that movie are just total mess. And Human Torch looked alright. I think alright. Yeah, I think of that. I mean, in Torch form, he's no Firestorm though. He didn't even get to, like, shoot a fireball. Like, what's the point of him being there? He's like, he every time he lights himself on fire, he gets put out in, like, two seconds anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, what other sequels? I'm going to grab another beer. Okay. Uh, you guys well, talk for a second. Well, um, uh, I mean, outside we were just talking about uh, the handling of Spider-Man as a franchise. And, yeah. Uh, is this suffers from the same stuff you were talking about, like too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, I kind of like, I don't, I don't know. This this new Spider-Man definitely feels like he's he's got it as compared to what, who it was before, Andrew Garfield. Oh, you mean, um? do you mean the one in Captain America, though? Yeah, yeah, that kid's got it. So he's fine, but like Spider-Man right now as a franchise is like, that was Marvel's version of him, but Sony still technically has the rights, and they're going to put out that new Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And they have a different guy. <laughs> it's going to be super convoluted. Like, Sony and what Marvel... What do you mean they have a different guy? Yeah, what do you mean? Don't they have a different guy for Sony's version? No. Same no. Guy. It's the same guy? Same guy. Yeah, it's, it's the it's same kid. collaboration. Yeah, I know they Tom made a Holland deal, did. but uh, I was just really worried about... I, I just really feel it's like... It's not going to be like the... Uh, who, was the who was the one character that was in both films? Uh, Quick Silver? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, X-Men and... Yeah. yeah. X-Men and Avengers. Of yeah. course, the Avengers one. Yeah, that was horrible. That was terrible. Well, that movie... Yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> no, that, that guy playing him sucked yeah. as well. Yeah, he had the Russian accent. I just... Uh, I mean, I've... Like I just I know I'm repeating myself from outside, but I I don't really like Sony and Fox's handling of the Marvel properties. I other than Sam Raimi's two and a half Spider Man's. I like X Men. No, well, I think the joint venture will keep it. Yeah. Together, but they have to do something else. I mean, they. I think it's pretty apparent that they wanted to do like the Sinister Six. Yeah. I really think that they. 
I think they gotta know at least from the comic book nerds that the symbiont Spider-Man uh, lineage needs to come into the films. Yeah. I mean, they were Rhino in the last film, lame. I mean, that was Paul Giovanni. Um, there was that rumor in a robotic that... rhino suit. <laughs> that was dumb. Like one of the coolest characters that they did right. Movie man, he was in that rock movie too. Uh, San Andreas. Mm. Yeah, let's get really shaky around here. He must have a bad agent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have this award-winning movie sideways. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. But I think one of the better characters done in the Spider-Man films was Doctor Octopus. Yeah. Yes. He was the best that one was, uh, ever boom. rendered. 100% right. That was like the moment that uh, Sony was kind of hands-off, and they're just like, okay, Sam Raimi, you do you, and we'll support you. And then uh, all the stories from Spider-Man 3 on, where they just tried to change all these things. They were building up sequels. They had Carnage in the works. They just, they, that's kind of why they steamrolled Venom into the end of the movie and it didn't really amount to anything and yeah that see venom should have been a main enemy for that was more of a studio movie you could that tell. that was, was just everything was just smashed terrible. together you have one vision meeting with like the producers and expectations like we really want uh the sandman and, and you know venom to meet at the very third act and just it, kind of like Shoehorned in at the end, and it, uh, yeah. But those those villains are not like B villains, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean the the downward spiral just kind of continued with the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I I feel like those are even bigger of messes, and I just uh, in general like. What did you guys think of the new X-Men? I'm sure you guys probably talked about that last week or something. Oh, Apocalypse? Yeah. yeah, I didn't care for it. Um, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I did not like it. Um, did you see it yet? No, it really hasn't. It, it's almost it really appealed. Hasn't, yeah. yeah. Appealed? Tugged you into the theater? No, and I guess my silent reservation was just the fact that Apocalypse did not... Yeah. He just looks so weak. It's just see, like... He was a huge reader of the, the actual storyline. Apocalypse the just looked like... <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> well, no, because yeah. at first when we, when it was coming out and you hadn't seen anything, you know, you heard a lot of people like you know Isaac Thomas or whatever. He's he's playing it, yeah, yeah, and it was just like wow, they got a good guy, a good actor for it. He and then good. and then good. once you see it, it was just kind of like the dude just looked like a walking dildo. It's when bad I, roles I happen to good actors, movie, but that's me. Oh, look. Atrocious. Oh, it's when uh, bad roles happen to good actors, just like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah, just like Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's oh wait, that's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just uh, sequels and remakes, and it's all Hollywood does now. And well, the next topic is something that you can totally chime in on: the Disney movie adaptations that are all live action, because oh. that's a thing. <laughs> No, no. Think about, we have um, uh, so Cinderella transition. came out last year. Jungle Book came out this year. They're gonna have a new splash, a gender swapped movie where there's a merman played by Channing Tatum, and the woman is played by Jillian Bell. 
who is the actress from Workaholics, and she's also in 20 That could be kind of cool. I like that angle. I'm just... See, that's that's what I'm okay with. I'm okay with a remake where it kind of twists the premise around a little bit. Yeah. The other ones that they have, Did you like, uh, ever see Pete's Dragon? Oh, no. That I just, really that, do that, want that, to see that. So do I. So do I. That mm. got... I really do want to see that. We should be talking about that, actually. And that was funny because one of our anonymous listeners was just like, no, the cartoon is the original. Leave it the F alone. <laughs> I was like, but this is not like bastardizing the cartoon whatsoever. Like, the Jungle Book pretty much was just yeah. a, a translation right over. I mean, it didn't, like, change much, you know? And I, from what I saw the trailer, I was like, this reminds me of it. This is like, if the technology was there back then, this is what it would look like. But is a That's dragon I feel. more realistic than like a Game of Thrones dragon? No, I don't think it needs to be. <laughs> but no, that's Here's what... this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I don't think it needs to be, though. I'm just kidding. I know, but no, it does look like a good, really good movie. Yeah. And a reference in it. Bryce Dallas Howard's in yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Disney generally handles their properties really well um i don't know who made that what was that peter pan live action that happened it's called pan pan um and it got who made that ironically play. enough it got panned pretty hard yeah oh jeez. did they do did that you, like right like, like, <laughs> down before he came over yeah they Cannot did that my course. peter pan joke <laughs> they've kind of ran the course on though with peter pan it's just they totally been, have because it's it came been out done so many times with yeah. Hook and then a couple of live actions yeah, that were on TV. Action. There was one called, what was that called? Uh, I don't remember, but it was like a one, like a one word title. So it came out in two thousand three. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Was there a Wonderland? Neverland. I, I think it was Neverland? just called. I think it was just called Peter Pan. Mm. That's what it was called. No, that the one from the two thousands was okay, but uh, I had no idea you're like. Big Peter Pan. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I Do grew up with Do you remember the it. TV movie when the, the girl played Peter Pan? Uh, I'm not yeah. kidding. I mean, do you I, remember that? I, I think I do. I, that was bizarre. I can see her face in my mind when I think about it. So I know it's it very, very descriptive. Just kind yeah. of touch what we were talking about <laughs> earlier with things that have been, like, overdone and rebooted too much. I mean, yeah. Peter Pan has to be the one Disney property that's been... Uh, they Rehash several yeah. times. Well, you can't recapture Hook. I, Hook's Hook. I do think that, uh, you know, I would be actually pretty interested in seeing, like, Beauty and the Beast redone just to see what the Beast looks now, like. Now, we're going to get to that in just a second. That'd okay. be pretty cool. But since we're on Peter Pan. Jumping the gun. You are kind of, <laughs> but unintentionally. They're making a Tinkerbell live action movie with Reese Witherspoon called Tink. I'm not kidding. And that's a movie. And back to your Beauty and the Beast. That might be the last on. dip in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? Tink might be the last dip into the bucket. Yeah. Dude, do you know there's been six, I'm not even kidding, there's been six animated Tinkerbell movies since 2008. Well, someone's got to be buying those. The Land Before Time-esque. That's like, there's like, they're just releasing sequels upon sequels. Yeah, but most of those are just straight to right. VHS and I understand, DVD. but still, that's a lot of... You know, when I was in, uh, I think I was in middle school or something and watched a bunch of those Land Before Time sequels just to say that I, I saw them. That is not something to brag about. They, yeah, well, I don't <laughs> brag about it. You know, this is just the one moment in the last 15 years where this is relevant. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they are they are worse than you think. 
Um, but back to Beauty and the Beast really quick. They are making that. That's coming out, um, geez, I think March. March 2017. Emma Watson, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, who's also going to be in that new X-Men spinoff TV series on FX called Legion, I believe. Um, but no, actually, that Beauty and the Beast looks really, really, really good. Like it's, it looks exactly like the animated Night Shining One movie. Did they have stills hmm. or a trailer out? They have a trailer out. Yeah. Is it uh, like nice. shot for shot almost? No, I, I meant more specifically how characters look. Oh, and okay. Gaston is played by Luke Evans, which I think for some reason is a good choice. Luke Evans was Dracula Untold. That was, <laughs> that was him. Our favorite movie we saw together. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I remember if what I'd you said about that. that movie too. You know what you said? You said, that was a uh, shiny turd. <laughs> That was that, that was that was what you said as we left the theater. <laughs> pretty to look at, but exactly not to watch. <laughs> right, but there's even going to be a Mary Poppins sequel. Poppins, yeah, Mary Poppins sequel with Dick Van Dyke coming back and Julie Andrews. Hmm. So all that's in the works right now, and it will probably be if everything goes according to plan within the next two years. So just FYI, I think Disney's having success with their. They're having too much success, and it's making me pissed off because they have everything, Jerry. They had Star Wars. They have Marvel. They have their own Disney animated movies they can do anything with. What is is Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers has Harry Potter. They have DC. Um, I'm trying to think what else. That's why I don't watch wrestling anymore. Vince McMahon has it all. It's bad. No competition. You can just put whatever out. Yeah. It's tough. I mean... That does suck to be Warner Brothers right now. They, they just got I they just uh, they just then they go the wrong direction. It's okay. You know what? You know what really pisses me off though about Warner. I mean, like people like complain about DC movies. Like, oh, they're just bashing these DC movies um, unjustly. And like, dude, Warner Brothers owns Rotten Tomatoes. Why would they bash their own movies from freaking idiots? <laughs> themselves. I, uh, you That's know, the worst thing you can I feel like this uh, new direction, that the, I do think by them elevating Ben Affleck for Justice League, that's it, going to be good. Now, let's since we're on the topic, do you guys want to talk about the movie trailers that were released during Comic-Con? Yeah, San we Diego? can just, just go right into that. Might as well. Jerry, you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Let's talk about one trailer at a time. Cracking knuckles. <laughs> uh, Justice League. Okay, that was probably perceivably the best. Um, or the most anticipated. I wouldn't say the best. However, wh- what was your first impressions after watching the trailer? Jerry. Loved it. First impressions. Jonathan. I, I really enjoyed it. Really did. I was surprised about how well they got the tone right. Even though they use the same muted colors that Zack Snyder likes to use in every one of his movies, it just drives me crazy. I am well, good because I don't want to ever see another vibrant Batman Forever film. Well, this is I Justice need... League. This is Justice League. This isn't just Batman. If it was Batman, I totally get it. Okay, but this well, is a Justice League. Do you need the Flash to be in a fire engine red suit? Now, don't take the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm just saying no, actual no. color as opposed to muted, like not flashy, like, like poppy. Like not uh, poppy, not like, like not dried poppy. out look. It's got like a dried out look. Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I don't pick up on that stuff. That may be just. 
I, I just don't see like that as being an issue. I do think that Zack Snyder really wants to make, really wanted to make a Batman solo movie, and my goodness, if he would have had a chance to make a Batman solo movie with someone else writing it, mm-hmm. that could have been the greatest Batman movie of all time. I think he got Batman. Yeah, he gets that character. On Batman v Superman. That's like, like that the, is Batman. That's the superhero made for his movie. That is. I yeah. mean, <laughs> if I could say one thing good about Batman v Superman, they got Batman right to yeah. a T. Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck really I, sweet. surprised the crap out of me, and I, I'm, I'm liking because the whole process of uh, the Justice League is that he, this is a hopeful Batman. He's not, you know, not doom and gloom. Like, you know, he's. But he's, I think you got the right type of. I can't. I, I I don't know enough history or knowledge of what research did the other characters that or actors that portrayed Batman. I don't know what Michael Keaton did, mm-hmm. and I don't know what you know George Clooney did. He didn't do anything. I'll just say it. he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. But, I'm George but Clooney. it's very like apparent. It's very apparent from like <laughs> even listening to like uh, some of the podcasts that Kevin Smith did when he found out that you know, Ben Affleck was going to be it. He was just like, they've got a guy who was raised reading Batman. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, you're really cool looking and you got the chin for it. Here's the script. I mean, like, the guy before... He's perfect. You know, yeah, 20 years prior to his casting, he was already reading Batman. It's like casting me as Superman. It's like the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, you might want to <laughs> well, stick, no, stick in the gym a little. But you would, you would have... Hey, man, I could do it. You would have all that rich story, though, already in you. You know, it's not like you got to learn it. Right, exactly. You're, 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 it's, a, it's a really good point. I think Kevin Smith knew that he was onto something, and, and no one, everyone else just looked at Ben Affleck and his work prior right. to that, acting-wise, not directing-wise, acting-wise yeah. at that particular point. They were like... I don't see it. I don't see it. And I'm, I was included for a little bit, but I was kind of like, I was willing to give him a chance. But I was basically, if I put myself in a camp, I was in the naysayer. I am. Yeah, naysayer. it took it took a long time for it to like develop, but you kind of had to hear, I don't know, for me, I kind of had to hear from other people that knew Ben Affleck, like, like, is this guy going to get it right? He was like, yeah. I was like, and not to use Kevin Smith, but like, obviously him and I mean, Kevin Smith lives in Ben's old house or whatever. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, the guy was actually building a bat cave <laughs> in his house. He's like, the guy is. Oh, that's funny. What was that? What would that be like to be Kevin Smith and like be so involved in the comic world? And one day your best friend is cast as your favorite superhero. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be, I mean. What, wait, was, wait, that, wait, what you... was that news breaking like? They're sitting at a par- bar somewhere. And it's like, he's in between shots, he's like, by the way, I'm Batman. Um, let's get another one. Dude, I remember exactly. <laughs> it, it, this is sounds really super nerdy. Do you remember where you were when you heard the news that Ben Affleck was Batman? No. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. I was in the old beer cave, and someone just told me, guess what just happened? I'm like, <laughs> what, dude? It's like, and it was like 1030 at night. Like, ben Affleck is Batman. Confirmed. I'm like, confirmed, like, that can't be right. <laughs> just, like, checking myself. I'm like, oh, everyone else is reporting it. Oh, my God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I'm, that was a big moment. I'm stoked uh, about him having more control. Um, they need to go more in his direction instead of Zack Snyder. 
Yeah, but back to Justice League, I think that the tone overall, the, I, I, I'm going to give some credit to the way they perceived, perceived, or um, their take on Aquaman mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like a badass that, and completely, hopefully destroying all of our preconceived notions of what we hate about the comic book character. He's a guy that wears an orange and green <laughs> suit with fins, you know, it's just... It's a hard character to adapt. The, the line, I heard you can talk to fish. <laughs> I mean... It's like an acknowledgement. That's, least, that's, the, that's the worst thing you can say to a really intimidating it's, Aquaman, like... It's like the, the an acknowledgement of the Aquaman of the Justice, of the Super Friends. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> The exactly. lamest character ever. But that's what everyone remembers, though. I mean, there's really been no... Don't overlook Aquaman. That's all I'm saying. I think that no, he's. I, I'm just saying that he's he may be legitimate. Now, Wonder Woman. Um, gosh, I think Flash, I think Flash, the favorite scene that was the Flash and Batman scene, in my opinion, was the strongest. Yeah, it's how they them two related. And he's like, when the Flash is like, I'm in. He's like, and Bruce Wayne's like, you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I've been trying to recruit metahumans all over the <laughs> place, and you're the first one that says yes. And oh, because I don't have friends. And I thought that was was funny, quirky, and I think that that dynamic. And hopefully elevate. So I think Justice League is a lot more. Well, than... they're both detectives in their own right. So they are, Ten- yeah, because mm-hmm. Flash is a forensic uh, scientist, right? Yeah, and they work together a lot in the comic books, you know, especially in Rebirth. You, you know mm-hmm. that they work well together. As a, you know, I feel like those two characters are probably one of the best relationships in the Justice League. I, I was about to say that the Justice League. I think Justice League is better than, than the Avengers. Yeah. I think uh, the reason why I think that is because that I think they build their tension better in the comic books with their characters as opposed to the Avengers. And they, they really take time to examine what makes Wonder Woman Wonder Woman, but Flash Flash. I don't know. Personal take. Anyway, Wonder Woman trailer. Jerry, first thoughts. That was the best one. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that... That trailer knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I'm so excited about that movie now. Can I make another comment about muted colors? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Her her character popped like crazy because she's such a bright, hopeful-looking character. When she comes on the screen, like, all these red and blue and gold. You're like, oh, my God, who is this? And when she came out of the rubble, I'm all like, whoa, (laughs) awesome. And the fact that it's set during World War I. I, and I made Glorious a big deal bastards. about that. <laughs> That's a confusing war, though. There was that you weren't. It wasn't a clear villain in that war. That's what I was trying to get at. That's why she she stands as like you know, kind of like a beacon, like you know, mankind. What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. because World War Two would be it's too easy. I don't know. It's just an opinion, but I totally agree. It's the best the best trailer, and that's Definitely coming out. Was the best one. When is that coming out? Next year. Gosh, it's next year. Which is so crazy to think about this. Justice League is not coming out until like I want to say November of 2017. So that's way far away. And they already released a trailer like that. It's pretty uh, unimpressive. They're just throwing scraps out for they the Comic Con. Right, exactly. But the fact that they did something good with it was kind of amazing. No, I I think that was a really good PR move. Guy Ritchie movie. Are you into Guy Ritchie, the director? Yeah, I like Guy Ritchie. Did you watch the King Arthur trailer? I didn't. <laughs> you did not? No. Nah. I think it looks good. I don't. If you like Guy Ritchie. Now, if you don't like Guy Ritchie, I could say, this looks dumb. 
But if you don't, but if you like Guy Ritchie and you understand his movies like Sherlock Holmes, Snatch, you know, all those other movies that came previous, like this, I can see what they're trying to go for. No, I think, I, uh, I think you're taking a stretch with the Guy Ritchie thing. And I will be your variable for that because I don't know a thing about him. Then how am I making a stretch? Because you're just like, if you like Guy Ritchie, you're really going to like this movie. If you, if you yeah, don't. Yeah, he's right. Oh, so, I, I have, <laughs> so what do you think about it then? I I watched it while you guys were out uh, puffing away. And I was like, to rewatch it, because I've seen it a couple of times. Cigarettes, by Cigarettes. the way. Not <laughs> marijuana. Jeez, can't just say <laughs> Wow, you guys got Make sure to clear that up fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, Might be another episode there. Um, but after watching, I, I I was kind of confused on what the trailer was was doing, and I uh, had to watch it a couple of times to understand a little bit because it looked like it was set a little bit in modern time because it looked like they were running through like what looked to be like I don't know like maybe somewhere in the middle of Turkey or something in a destitute like town. And then it looks like you get. It felt like he got transported then into this. Oh no! Um, I think it has to do with the the flash cuts and born on the streets emphasis, which was in the trailer. Which was like, I was like, what is that about? Like born in the streets, because this may be, which is this is really confusing because the whole King Arthur lineage or the mythology about King Arthur hasn't necessarily been outright proven. There's there's been a long. Am I right, Jonathan? I was under the impression it was just a fable. <laughs> no, I mean I thought that was I thought that was yeah, like was half fable, story. half real. Arthurian. I thought there's some truth to it, from what I understand. I may be completely wrong. I'm sure but, at some point there was a but, basis but for in, that. But in Excalibur, in, like even an Excalibur movie, there was there were no streets to to be born on. <laughs> well, that's what that's why <laughs> there there wasn't any of that. Even when I just rewatched the trailer, like I was still. The movie looks great. Let's just get to the point. What I think about it, the movie looks great. I'm going to go see it, but I'm a little bit confused on what's happening in the movie because it looks like the the guy and his friends were like running mm-hmm. away for something, but it looked like they were in somewhat quasi modern time, and then they jump off a cliff and land in water and swim, and then it's just like all of a sudden you see these guys like in a medieval castle being questioned by a guy. <laughs> Well, so it kind of threw me off when it does say "born on the streets." I was like, "Is this like an urban take on King Arthur?" Well, if, if, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I I didn't see the trailer, but my impressions hearing about it, <laughs> my impressions <laughs> hearing about it, um, initially, uh, obviously, I'm I am a big Guy Ritchie fan. I don't really understand that pairing of the material with him. And, no, no, check this out. This is supposed to be one of six movies. Hmm. A six-movie franchise. Now, let me also say that in the Excalibur movie, which is based upon King Arthur, he was adopted and raised as a peasant. And that's the angle they're going th- for with being born in the streets. They probably upped the timeline a bit to make it more relevant. You know, if if it's actually a complete fable and I'm just an idiot, then, I mean, I, the Sword and the Stone thing, obviously not true, but, I mean, the whole other thing about the Knights of the Round Table, everything else like that, like, I, I think, I thought, maybe, that there's some truth into that. But 
Do you guys have a message for <laughs> Will you be hearing about this later? I hope not. I hope not. I, but, I mean, I'm a big fan of Excalibur. Huge fan. But, I mean, I guess I love the King Arthur movies. The Sword in the Stone, the whole mythology. And I, I'm, I'm just excited. So. First night. Whatever, dude. First night with, with First Sean Connery and Richard Gere. Yeah. Oh, my God. You pulled out that card? Hmm. Dude, that movie is... Uh, it's a piece of work. It sucked. <laughs> and Julia Armand was in it, though, when she was really good looking. Just saying. Um, we'll we'll dedicate an episode to first night later. <laughs> okay, we need to move on. We've been talking a lot about. We've been geeking out a lot, a lot. Okay, let's just talk about our favorite comic book of the week, just so I can help Jonathan along because he doesn't read comic books that much. Yeah, gotcha. Favorite comic book of the week, besides Moon Knight. Uh, besides Moon Knight, uh, well, are we going to exclude anything that came out yesterday? Over the last two weeks. Sorry, you guys just specified. Because we haven't recorded a podcast episode in the last two weeks. Yeah. But I didn't know if you were going to throw in, like, I just read yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you were going to pull out hey, the secret hey, Nick just, Trump just, card. I'm not going to do anything. Like, Trump. oh, dude, if I knew we were going to talk about I'm yesterday's not, I'm comics. Not, I'm not Trumping. Not Trumping. Just go. My favorite one was Red Hood and Outlaws. I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. I read that thing. I thought that was the best. That was one of the best stories I've read in a long time. A best n- number one or rebirth book. Easy. It was good. Hey, I guess I guess maybe we should, I don't know, for myself, I'll kind of refine that a little bit. It met the standard of what uh, Action Comics was doing, how we instantly liked Action, and how we instantly liked Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this it's, is... It was an instant hook. This is hitting the tempo right. So I mean, Enough background to get you... It's perfect. It gives you a slight background. So here's Jason Todd. Here's how he thinks of Batman. Here's what he's doing. Here's his relation to Batman now. And it's trying to set the distinction between the two characters that Jason Todd has his M.O. completely different than Batman, but they need each other. That was the large emphasis yeah. of the comic book. Yeah. And, I, and I love that. And it was done so well. And there were so many different cool characters and side characters that popped up in it and different perspectives. And I thought, God, I mean... That was a really good comic book. And I'm, so, I'm really glad that I picked that up. So, it was funny is that I felt this one should have been titled Better Than Batman. Yeah, that, that was a... Uh, oh, yeah, weird. Okay. So there's Nightwing, Night, Night, Nightwing. Nightwing got that title. I felt that would have been the better title for... Yeah, that's tough. I think if... Oh, that's tough. That's tough. We'll have to have a, a healthy debate. Uh, Nightwing versus Jason Todd. Some, other some people didn't like... Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Nightwing that came out, that the first uh, Rebirth was just not, not hitting stride with Oh, them. I loved it. I loved it. I, that was a great, was a great comic. Yeah, I finally sat down and got to got to those. Um, can I throw in another one? I just throw in one that, more. Throw in one more. How Jordan in the Green Lantern Court is, is the Green Lantern book you should be reading. Right. Uh, easily. That you, one, you get you get the whole mythology Sinestro building yes. up on War World and he's doing his thing and he got reinvigorated and he's and like he's like all the Green Lanterns are gone, haha, you know, we have the whole universe that are Did you did you ever have Sinestro like in control of the universe ever? No. Yeah, this is like the first time I thought like Sinestro was I like, believe because see I I've been out of the Green Lantern 
issues for one year. From what I know, though, all the guardians have been wiped out, except mm -hmm. one or two. So now there's there's these new perceived gods. That's a whole different story. But um, yes, you're right. Hell Jordan and the Green Lanterns is a good comic book yeah. to read. Um, okay, do we? Let's just do recommendations. I'm gonna start with LC this time, Jonathan. <laughs> okay. Um, like I was uh, mentioning, is this, is this a serious recommendation, or is this like you're no. just messing with us? No, these are serious. <laughs> uh, I did uh, catch up on uh, Vice Principals with Danny McBride on HBO. That was a. Uh, I mean, I, I love Danny McBride. It is it good. better than Eastbound and Down? Not yet, but it, it has serious potential. It's up there. Um, the reviews on it aren't really as high as I was expecting, but uh, if you like uh, his writing and, you know, uh, Jody Hill, his writing partner, like, if you like Eastbound and Down, it's a, it's really worth a shot. And uh, They have Walton Goggins in there, too. Yeah, he's really good. He's one of the best actors <laughs> around. The most underrated actor of all time. So funny. In my opinion, he's he's up there. So, yeah, that's a very good So, there are, there are only three episodes in. If you haven't caught up yet, it's really easy. Um, I, I feel like so it's, it's a really good, well-written show, and it's got some serious potential. Nice. Uh, other than that, um, that's about it. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan, and thank you for being our guest tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Jerry. <laughs> wow. Um, the one book that I did get to read that came out yesterday would be Harley Quinn. Uh, Amanda Connor and Jim Palmetti are still on the book. Same great pace, and this is probably one that I won't stop reading like I unfortunately did last with the DC New 52 because I was trying to make new room for books. I'm going to keep with this. I've, I like their style. I like their approach to Heart of the Quinn, and it's totally offbeat. It doesn't fit in with any of the other continuity of any other crap. It's its solo own book, and I think it's a nice, pa different pace book after you read like a couple of like serious tone books. The Hunter Quinn book is a nice one to go to just to get a nice balance in your feel of books. All right. it's a good one. Uh, my recommendation is Justified. Just started watching that show finally. I'm in love with it. I don't know why it took me this long. I think I've just been bombarded by every other show that has just come out. So it's basically about a guy who was from Kentucky who who basically goes around. He's a U.S. Marshal and, gosh, how do I even describe this? He's, uh, he's It's like a Western set in modern day. And there's a lot of um, Western nods like fastest draw or high noon or this sort of that. And like, you know, people in general, it's really hard for me to describe, but I will say, cause I've only been four episodes in, um, into the first season. I, I will recommend that. That's a, that's a high recommend. It's a very well-written show. Um, I think it went on for six seasons. I have a non-recommend, <laughs> which is masters of sex. I watched three episodes of that. And I was like, this is one of the, it's it's weird because people like talk about that and they're like, oh, you gotta watch Masters of yeah, Sex. Yeah, I, I heard that was good. Me too. That's why I wanted to go watch it. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be great. Like it'll be like the Kinsey Report, but like you know, like a TV series. And it was just, it was really uninteresting. The first 
episodes all about a guy trying to figure out why a woman would fake her, her orgasm. It's like, why would, why would a woman fake her orgasm? I'm like, gee, I so freaking wonder. It's dude. got kind of that like Grey's Anatomy quality where what? people like it, but I, like, you don't understand why. <laughs> well, no, the angle is, is like, it's set in the 19, you know, 50, 1956. So, so everyone's like, they don't, they're so stupid about sex. Like that they, they don't like the perception of sex and like, you know, like it's just a really taboo thing. And I love that angle about the TV series, but it's mostly stupid subplots and um, or terrible character development with trying to be trying to be, I guess, relevant, even though it's something that's been studied over and over again. I don't know. So I, I there's that. So I'm with, studying it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. I think we've hit everything. We've hit everything. Um, so we'll say rate us on iTunes and check yeah. out our merchandise. So please, if you do listen to us, rate us very highly and mm-hmm. give us a detailed description of why we suck. <laughs> and then you're kind of like poking the tiger there with yeah, the stick, I am aren't the tiger. you? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Jerry. All right. From us at Pop Culture Crunch, I'm Jerry. I am Nick. I'm John. And don't forget, enter our contest to get some free DVD seasons one and two. Of Halt and Catch Fire. Halt and Catch Fire. Yes, we have a Halt and Catch Fire giveaway. We have two seasons there, so um, maybe not people know about it, but check out the website, sign up if you're interested, and then we'll send it to you. If you win, of course. Peace. Peace. See ya. See ya. New, 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 new Pod World Order. Hey, this is Jerry with NewPodWorldOrder.com. Just want to let you know we got a new service available for anybody with the podcast who needs help polishing it up. We got podcast editing available through Squishy Nuts Studios. Rates are starting just at $30 an episode for the first two hours and $5 for every half hour thereafter. Want to hit up Marshall? at squishynosstudios at gmail.com Trust me, the guy will make your stuff sound good. It's my heart.